on global warming talks taking place in Bonn. Eller said that although European countries always have had robust ties with U.S. cities and states for business reasons, the center of their conversations had shifted since Trump took office. In the past, he said the federal government was the focus on most big issues. Now, when governors and mayors come to visit, climate change or environmental issues or regulatory issues are the focus. Because these issues are dropping down from the capital level to the state or community level, Eller said. In the United States, local governments are still figuring out how best to influence policy debates and work with international partners. We don't have a separate foreign policy. We have initiatives and city-to-city cooperation, said Hashigan, who leads a seven-person foreign affairs team that includes former Pentagon and State Department officials. She said she has been flooded with applications from Foreign Service officers who, over the first 11 months of the Trump administration, have fled the State Department. Garcetti's discussions with foreign leaders at home and overseas often focus on disaster response, trade, water conservation, homelessness, and sustainability. We can create ties that could be useful and some consolation given the difficulties that our foreign counterparts are having with Washington, she said. In Brussels, Brown got all the welcome of a global leader, delivering an address in the vast European Parliament hemicycle from the same rostrum as German Chancellor Angela Merkel when she is in town. Brown commanded applause at a Vatican environment conference, joined by the Democratic governors of Washington, Oregon, and Virginia at the Bonn Climate Gathering, and was fated by EU ministers for his efforts to combat rising greenhouse gases. Brown said that he was happy to take on the role of a U.S. emissary, even if he cannot negotiate treaties. I don't think we can confine our thinking just to federal employees, Brown told a small group of reporters. I have an opportunity to talk to a lot of national leaders, and so that's good, he said. Contact between U.S. states and other countries can be helpful and important, because you have to keep talking. This business of yelling at each other across the ocean is not good. The trip followed on the California governor's June decision to sign a joint statement with the German government on climate cooperation, an unusual move by a U.S. state and an entire nation to work together to fight rising temperatures. Next September, Brown plans to host a global climate summit in San Francisco, intended to support the same Paris climate agreement that Trump plans to exit. Top officials who met with Brown said they were delighted to encounter a friendly American voice. The engagement against climate change must be global, said European Parliament President Antonio Tajani as he spoke at a news conference alongside Brown and senior European officials. In the United States, there are several governors working in the right direction, even if the Trump government decided to change the line. What they are trying to do in the government of Mr. Brown is very interesting. My sons love hunting. I don't. Trump's Soft Spot for Elephants by Cleve R. Woodson Jr. In the Washington Post Animalia section, I'm Sam Scholl. Conservationists who have a visceral emotional reaction to words like carbon emissions and trans-Canada and Rick Perry rarely find themselves closely allied with President Trump's opinions on the proper stewardship of the planet. Trump has consistently dismantled Obama-era environmental protections, using the common refrain that his administration desires to better balance conservation strategies and policies with the equally legitimate need of creating jobs for hardworking American families. So, some who've criticized Trump might have done a double-take when they read one of his tweets Friday morning. The message effectively put the brakes on a new administration policy that would allow American hunters to bring pieces of recently slaughtered African elephants back to the United States. Put big-game trophy decision on hold until such time as I review all conservation facts. Under study for years. We'll update soon with Secretary Zinke. Thank you.
at real Donald Trump. But Trump's opposition to big game hunting isn't new. Just ask Cher. In 2012, an outraged queen of comebacks tweeted a story with a picture of Donald Trump Jr., a belt of ammunition around his hips, posing with slain animals, an elephant, a leopard, and a water buffalo, among others. Cher's point was clear from the Gothamist headline. Photos, Donald Trump's sons awesome at killing elephants and other wildlife. But the elder Trump took to Twitter to set the record straight. At Cher, old story, one of which I publicly disapproved. My sons love hunting, I don't. At Real Donald Trump, November 15, 2012, 11.23 a.m. The younger Trump, on the other hand, has consistently defended his hunting from occasionally profane critics, saying he's not going to let fear of the PETA crazies stop him from posting hunting pictures. So maybe Cher wasn't totally surprised by the Trump family's divide on the moral quandary of taking the life of a large and possibly endangered mammal for sport.